Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, Survivor News Edition, Episode 287, Nerd Alliance. I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. And as always, with your Survivor News, you can watch this audio podcast on video. Head over to Bryce Isaiah on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up and let us know in the comments what you think. Your baby boys are back. 
covering Survivor Season 45, Episode 5. We are joined by Jack, the baby boy Atkins, and Wendeezy and myself. We are giving you our hot takes on this week's episode. So listen, let's get into your Survivor News. Welcome back to your Survivor News covering season 45 of Survivor episode 5. I am joined by the illustrious, the tall, that has played probably every LRG game online before. Let's welcome back to the podcast, Jack Atkins. What's up? What's up? Wait, I have a quick announcement. Bryson went. I got a new shirt that I'm excited to reveal. Uh-huh. Do you guys have any guesses what it might be? I have no idea, Jack. I have a guess. It's okay. gonna be an R and B shirt. Ooh, unfortunately not. But I, I might need my. Is it a Jeff or a? Is it a shirt that has buffs on it? It, it might. Is I, it a, a shirt from a particular season? No. Now you guys know how it feels to guess when you don't know. <laughs> but we participate. It's true. I'm glad. No, pretty good guesses. Is it? Is it a is it a is it a Bruce shirt? Oh, now we're doing like twenty questions. Oh, I like this. Uh, no, it's not a Bruce shirt. Is it a branded shirt from a Castaway? No. Is it a dirty shirt that was on your floor before we got on and you picked it up no, and put it on? Uh, it arrived this morning. It's fresh uh, and clean. Is it a Survivor shirt? Yes. Is it a contestants shirt? No. Is it that Jeff shirt from Etsy of all the Jeff? Jeff Pops, baby! It's, it's a little, it came a little crooked. I'm gonna let everyone get a look, look, a little look at that. But uh, just tilt to the right, Jack. Wow, it looks straight now. Wow, that's crazy, Jack. Hey, you know uh, I didn't match it with the hat. Oh, it's giving Ooh. fit vibes. Yes, sir. I'm, you, I'm, you already know I'm gonna pull to the bar in this shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. Find me a nice survivor wife. So oh. you better. Oh, okay. Well, I got it right though. Okay. Immunity yeah. to me. And hailing in from Ardmore, Pennsylvania, with a new number, new attitude, same breath. Let's welcome back to the podcast, Wendeezy Holland. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We back, baby. It's good to be back, fresh off of Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, speaking of Dayton, Ohio, how was Dayton, Ohio, Wendy'sy? Bryce, I thought Dayton was very, very good. Um, it was so much fun. We had this incredible Real Talk panel um, hosted by Aaron and Mertz, starring Eliza Orleans, Becky Lee, Taylor Hale from Big Brother, um, Bryce and myself, and we were talking about gender and reality TV. Great panel. And then we had a Bryce One Present After Party, which was awesome as well. So big yes. shout out to the University of Dayton. What you got, Bryce? Yeah, no, shout out to the University of Dayton. Uh, Jack, while we were on the campus, kids thought I was going to the school. Okay, yeah. I just fit right in. But uh, the panel was amazing. Again, I one thing I love about our Real Talk panels is that listening to these dynamic 
people speak. Uh, truly amazing. And I really feel like, you know, while Becky was talking, she was describing her experience being on the all Asian tribe. And as she was describing it, like I knew Becky from her season, but as she was describing it on the stage, I literally was like, took me back to when I was sitting on the couch watching it and just hearing their perspectives and their stories uh, was truly amazing. And our watch party at 2-1 Social. At 2Social. Two 2Social. Two I just added a one because Jack is 21. Can you do <laughs> something for me? Can you talk to the for me. Uh, that was amazing. Again, shout out to Matt Bischoff for pulling up and a huge shout out to a couple special shout outs. Uh, okay. uh, a, a couple special shout outs but our good cousin, our diva, all the way from Detroit. Friend uh, of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, you know, she loved her baby boy, Jack. She pulled all the way up. She brought us some amazing treats. She's the first one in the comments every week. She don't play about her baby boys. She stay rooting for Jack to guess a song. Uh, yeah, we had some amazing and great people. So yeah. shout out to our cousin. Let me double down on that because she the treats she brought, Jack, she brought two trays. One was a sweet potato cheesecake. Mm. It was sweet potato cheesecake square. So we could just grab them and eat them, right? The other one, try to imagine this. It was cognac, um, peach cobbler covered, cognac rolls. cobbler covered cinnamon rolls. Mm, mm, and it was a huge tray of those. So it was very sloppy, but we, uh, we were able to eat a lot of those and a lot of them on the ride home. Bryce had me scooping them out and handing them to him on a plate. Joey had me scooping them out as he was driving and handing him them in a cup. And I have some, some more upstairs in my, um, in my refrigerator. But yeah. Um, yeah, Jack, your thoughts on that? Was, was she the one in the video doing her impression of me? Yeah. <laughs> Mary J. Blige. I was like, what would Jack say? Uh, uh, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I'm just glad I was I was there in uh, Dayton, Ohio in spirit, represented by the wonderful fans. So For sure. Dayton showed me, um, it just really quick, it showed me the importance of the smaller markets, Jack, because it seemed like um, the party was a little a little smaller than usual. And we were able to really connect with everyone and really hang out with everyone. And um, also, when we got to the panel, a gentleman named John Rice, he was doing a lot of like the audio, the visual stuff. He was doing the step and repeat. And he gifted Bryce and I little match boxes. They're really special. They have the Bryce and One logo on them. Hey. On, one side. on the other side, it says Survivor 45, moving with purpose, bringing people together, which is kind of like our slogan. And um, what's that say? What's that say, Bryce? I can't see it. Oh, it says uh, used to create light. Used to create light. And then when you open it up, there's a mirror in there. A mirror. So it was just a real special, like, and we've we've gotten presents at a lot of our stops. Like people give us these thoughtful gifts. And it's really cool for people to kind of like know us to know that such a gift or a gift like food will be so important and, and really touch us. So it was just dope to stop in Dayton and to really connect with uh, with people. And um, people drove from far and wide to get to us in Dayton, Ohio. So what That's a amazing. special stop. Sometimes the, the small market ones can be so fun because they're a little bit, 
they're not as as much of like a rager, but it's a little more intimate. You get to and for all the fans, you get, they probably felt like they really got to connect with you guys and with, with the rest of the people there. So, and they were so shocked that we came to Dayton and like you you get to you know there are times Bryce when we meet like real real super fans of the show and they'd be like shaking or like so happy to meet us. And in Dayton, I guess because there aren't a lot of events like this, we were able to really really meet a lot of really um, you know diehard fans, and it was so yeah. cool, so cool. Definitely. Uh, shout out to Miss Barbara who came. Uh, there was another family that it was like families bringing their adult children with them. There was one family that came that they were in the Pittsburgh stop. And the, she came up to me. And she was like, Bryce, I just have to say, uh, you probably don't remember me. I'm like, of course I do. Uh, and she's like, you I was at Pittsburgh. And she was like, I remember while you were there, you were saying how nervous you were. You wanted to make sure everything was good when DZ wasn't there. She was like, you did such a great job. And I, I had to come and bring my kids to see this in Dayton. So it was just really it felt like it didn't feel like a watch party. It really felt like old times when Wendell would come over my house and we will watch Survivor together. Like it really kind of sort of felt like that. Uh, so shout out to Dayton. We will be back for sure. What's uh? Let the people know what's next on the, uh, what's next on the docket. What's next on the schedule. Oh, okay. Good thing you asked Jackery. Uh, the next place we will be is Philadelphia the day before Thanksgiving. We're heading to French Bar November 22nd. So if you know, you know, Philly, we're going to have a good old time. And we've got some surprises. Uh, you know, maybe change your format a little bit of a watch party. So you should definitely come out to Fringe Whoa. Bar. And, and a note about Philly, Bryce. Um, we we're lucky enough to find this bar, Fringe Bar. And the special thing about this is it has a, a whole movie theater in it. So we will be you'll see you'll sit in stadium seating you'll watch it on a huge screen and there are giant doors that open up between this movie theater and the bar so there will be a free-flowing atmosphere you can watch in the bar you can watch in the movie theater so philly's going to be very special and like bryce said we're going to try to change up the format a little bit Yes, and December 5th, we are headed to New Orleans, baby! We are having the official welcome party for RHAP, so we'll be there that Tuesday night, and we're bringing DJ Caution with us, and if you know the vibes, you know the vibes. I've never been to the NOLA, so I'm planning on having me a good old time. What about you, Jack? We got Rob C. coming? I think Rob C.'s going to pull up. Hey, if, if Rob C or Bryce Wendell isn't enough for you, <laughs> so uh, I might be there. Uh, I've never been to NOLA, but I'm hoping I can, you know, find it in the budget to add a pit stop on the way to Hearts of Reality. So I'm, I haven't been to a watch party yet this season, guys, and I'm itching to go. So, uh, and then obviously. Not to not to say it for you, but the finale in LA, I'm gonna be there and I'm very, very excited for that. Yes, and and Jack is serious. I guarantee you Jack's gonna wear that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get one of those actually. Tickets are available. Uh you can follow this link here or head to the Bryce and Wen present Instagram or Twitter. Click the link in the bio. And then when DZ, uh what is now available? I saw it on your Instagram. First of all, when Deezy's almost at 2K, let's get him to 2K. So let's head over to the Wendeezy YouTube page. Let's make him feel like he won Winners at War. And let's give him 
of subscribe. Uh, but what is the recent video that you put up over there on the Wendell Holly YouTube page? Bryce, Bryce, I'm glad you asked. That's crazy. We now have, um, we got the BWP TikTok popping, yo. So Ooh. like, we got the, you know what I'm saying, Jack? You got to go I find us. I already followed us. I saw last night. Okay, well, Bryce and One Present is on TikTok now. And what we're doing, we have um, some excellent help at making some dope TikToks. Wherever we go, we're going to have awesome TikToks produced. And so you can follow us on Bryce and When Present on TikTok. It's going to be a good time. That's a big so, Back to the question. What just released on your YouTube? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I was so excited about TikTok. What released on my YouTube? Back to the question. What was released? On your, what released on my YouTube is our last Real Talk panel. Real Talk, player versus character. And that's when... We uh we sat down in Toronto at McMaster University and we had an awesome panel. All winners. All winners and Bryce Isaiah. And we talked about, you know, people's portrayals on TV and versus them in real life. And we even had a fun game uh played, and that was another one hosted by our, our buddy Mertz and by McMaster University survivor pr- professor Hartley Jaffeen. So head over to the Wendell Holland YouTube channel. Give me a subscribe because I want to hit 2K sometime soon and uh, check that video out. And our real talk panel from Dayton on gender and reality TV will it be out probably within the next few weeks. All Let's right. Well, Jackery, what you got? Because who? Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, do I have a lot of hot takes? Oh, OK. Good to hear. I'm ready to rock because this Jeff Pro shirt got me feeling different. I'm feeling oh. like Game Six Clay right now, so oh. Oh. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm. We might have to mess around and get into some disputes, Bryce. <laughs> well, listen. Well, real quick, sixty hundred. I just want to rock. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess Jack know that song. All right. Of course, I know that. I know that song. I, I'm you know the dance. Do you know the yeah, artist? Of course. Who's yeah, the artist? Louis Jack? Bird. Where's he from? Philly. Uh, okay. Stop playing with me. All right. Jack, get, name me three rappers outside of Uzi from Philadelphia. Meek Mill. Okay. Um, the Well Runneth Drive. <laughs> uh, well, I know Meek Mill is a Philly rapper. Wait a minute. It I ended at Meek so. Mill? What? It ended at Meek Mill? Well, Uzi. <clears throat> Meek Mill. Summer, summer, summertime. Ooh, summertime. And West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground, but spent most of my days. So without popping, yeah, I know that's a theme song for, for Fresh Prince, but I don't know who made that song. Hold on. Okay. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. We got to go in deeper. Wait. So it's the theme song to who? Hold on. Isn't that Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Okay. Give him another yeah. song, Bryce. Uh, wow, wow, Wes. Oh, okay. Wow, wow, Wes. Oh, wait, no, no. In Miami. Welcome to my... Wait. How you sing the Miami song? We're going to the early morning. Welcome to Miami. Miami. We're going straight 
to the wild, wild west. We go with straight to. Okay, maybe you'll re- recognize this song, Jack. Uh, just the two of us. Ooh. Oh, we can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. What about this song, Jack? What? What about this rap song? Oh yeah. Keep my wife's well, yeah, name well, yeah. But you, yo, <laughs> Will Smith raps. Oh my god, Jack! Do you know Will Smith is the first Grammy award-winning rapper? Are you kidding me? That's oh, how he got man. started. That's how he got started before there was Fresh Prince. Yeah, back in 1974 when oh, you guys were like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we are clear. Wendell was in high school at that time. I was not. What? My fault. He said, he said I know that's the Fresh Prince theme song, but I'm trying to think about what the rapper is. Well, I didn't know if Will Smith was the one who rapped the song. Oh. Okay. I knew Will Smith was like, inside friends. I guess I should have guessed Will Smith, but because I know Jaden and Willow will be making some tunes. Oh, so. but yeah. do you do yourself a favor, Jack, and download "Getting Jiggy" with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put all the songs on the Survivor. Who else, who else we got from Philly rappers? Who else? State Property, The Young Guns. Uh, Won't stop, stop Rockefeller Records because we we get down, down baby. We, we get, get down, down, baby. Girls, the girls that love us, State and then we got Petey Crack. We got Beanie Siegel, Eskino, Eve. Oskino. We got yeah. Bryce Isaiah. Okay. I'm, I'm not that upset with myself because I looked up like Philly rappers and. Oh, no, no, Jack, Jack, this the Roots. The Roots, Jill Scott. Oh, Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. Give me Rock. R.I.P. Matt Ox. Pink. She from Philly. She's from Philly. We got Amber Rose. Rose. Charlie Baltimore. <laughs> She's not. Yeah, Charlie Baltimore, Baltimore is from Philly. I think right. knowing Lil Uzi Vert and Meek Mill was like pretty sufficient. It's pretty. Yeah, that's modern day. Like, okay. Dreams well, and nightmares received. Dreams and nightmares is the dream is when I do the podcast. The nightmares where you guys start singing <laughs> songs. <laughs> I used Hold to play wait a minute. like this. Okay. To rhyme like this, oh. had to grind like that, to shine like this. In the back of the time I spent on some locked out shit, in a paggy wagon with a something, something, something. Anyway, let's hold on. Wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. Hold on. Wait a minute. Y'all thought seafood was finished, okay? Cause seafood. All right, all right, Jack. Go ahead. Let's go. Hold on. Wait a minute. Y'all thought I was quitting. <laughs> That's the 45 theme. Yeah. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought Mama Tina wasn't with it. What? What Julie. <laughs> Let's get into the episode at the yeah, end yeah. Minute mark. <laughs> okay. So we're over on the Reba Beach after Sean has just left the game. But D has cast a stray vote for Sifu. Sean told Sifu that he did not vote for him. Uh, and Sifu uh, is asking, who voted Sifu? <laughs> who voted for Sifu? And then all the girls are vehemently denying it. 
Uh, they ain't even looking at them. They like, yeah, they're, they're just wasn't me. Uh, and that kind of raises some alarms for C3. He can't tell who it is. He's even suspicious if Sean lied to him and that Sean didn't vote for him. But he he knows he thinks it's one of the girls, but he doesn't know who. So now he's kind of on the his heels on the defensive. He flexes his fake idol. Um, and then we also see Jay Maya, who's still worried about Sifu having the idol, come up with this plan to kind of take accountability for it to make Sifu feel safe, vote with the girls potentially against Jay Maya, where Jay Maya believes the girls will vote with her against Sifu and he won't play his idol and he'll go home. Um, a lot to unpack here. Obviously, I guess let's just jump into this this plan by Jay Maya. There's a few layers to it. Do we feel Bryce is rocking back and forth like he's in the conjuring for some reason? I think he's rearing to give his takes. So I'll just break it down real quick. Jay Maya, there's a few layers to it. Jay Maya taking accountability. D now sees an option to potentially vote out Jay Maya. And then also, um, we also have the factor of Julian D do know that Austin has the idol yet still seem a little bit nervous that Sifu might have an idol. So just give me your thoughts on, on whatever stood out to you guys. Uh, first things first, I pop a free salt, the honeys, dummies, playboy bunnies, those oh. wanting money. Those are the ones I like because they don't get in the nature. Unless it smells like sanitation. Uh, first and foremost, my girl D. <laughs> The fact that she could just get through this unscathed, the fact that like she all like voted for him, ain't say nothing, and then Jay Maya pops up like, listen, y'all, I'm gonna take the heat. Like, I don't know. It's just something about D that I am enamored by. The her strength, her just willing to just be like sitting there listening to Sifu, knowing you did it. I do it. Now, that's one. Number two, you've never seen the color purple jack, but you know, all my life, I had to fight. I, I mean, seafood this episode, like we're all just chilling. Everybody just, you know, hmm, kind of strange. A seafood folk came out of nowhere. And I like, so you haven't had a black mother before, Jack. But, you know, say if something goes missing or somebody ate something that's in the refrigerator, uh, you know, my mom would get up early in the morning and be like, so nobody knows where the fried chicken went. So nobody, like, I mean, seafood could not let this down. And on one hand, I understand it. And I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, my good brother, like, are you tanking your own game? Like, it just was a little bit like you're not really in a position of power, right? And so we got to see the exact opposite, right? Last week, Sean was like, it's all good. <laughs> Ain't no sweat on my back. Let's go. This week, Sifu like, Raise your right hand. Put it on the Bible. <laughs> Did you write? Like, I I just question, I feel like 
he should keep that dialogue internally mm-hmm. and have it that fire burning, but not be so outward with it. And then the scene with Jay Maya was a little. I don't know what the word Dang. little little strange and yeah, Bryce. I think like okay, you, you get back to camp, you read the room a little bit, maybe ask one time. You see that these women are like locked in. We don't. Hey, we don't want to talk about it. That's how they. That was what they were giving. So like, all right, Sifu, you see what time it is, and that's enough to tell you, right? Yeah. Yeah, just pump the brakes a little bit, brother. You don't got to do your Thai sea tree Thai, Thai food stuff on them. You ain't got to do that, Sifu. Two seconds later, he just <laughs> walks by like, ooh, good thing I found this in the bushes in case something gets sticky. If the seafood name gets written again, I've got safety. He said, he said, I'm not worried because I have an advantage. He said something like, oh, you got an idol? He said, shh. <laughs> Bro, what you shushing? You just told her. You just told her, yeah. I thought that was so funny. And mind you, it's uh, like, D wrote your name. <laughs> like, D did it. Oh, that's your man. I think you make a great point, though, where obviously you want to keep in your mind that you want to be on the defensive a little bit. But I think the best thing for Sifu here is maybe even just be like, yeah, Sean told me he voted for me. So we're all good, guys. Like. I, I trust you guys. And then even if you know that that's not true, maybe it lulls them into some, some a sense of comfort, makes them feel like you trust them, opens up the option to work with you. Um, and then as far as J. Maya's move go, goes, I don't dislike it as much as other people. that Because I, I, this week leading up to this episode, I listened to some other coverage, some, R, some RHAP, just trying to get my thoughts together. Eating on uh, us? What's up? Are you cheating on us? No, I wasn't. I just listen. Okay. It's like do it's like reviewing notes before you go to your test. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, I th- I think I I don't like the move that much, but obviously, Jay Maya, it's never really good to own up to something that you mm-hmm. didn't do. And I think a big thing too that I'm thinking about now, we know that the merge is on the horizon. Why come up with this plan that may- puts you in a bad light in Sifu's eyes? When if you guys win a challenge, you'll probably all be at the merge. You could all be good. Like if Sifu just played this off kind of cool, like we mentioned, and said, hey, we're all good, they can maybe go into the merge as a, a solid unit. But now there's so much division within that group. So so don't love the Jay Maya move only because it allows her to be open to a lot of anything that can come. But for me, it lets me know that she's so loyal, right? Like, and I almost hate the fact that D and Mama Tina, that is Mama Julie, they don't allow her in because I really feel like J. Maya is so loyal. Mm-hmm. Secondly, although I don't agree with Seafood's methods, I would be lying to say if I did not enjoy all of them and that I hope we get to see a little bit more of it because it really is entertaining. And I... I do will walk it back. I can't say what or how I would act if I were in that position, right? Because I, I, Spicy Bricey would have came on out. And so I, I just feel like I just don't agree with how he went about it. I think that it was entertaining. And it just makes me question, like, does he have a good pulse on where he, where he stands in the tribe? Uh, and then my last thing is that, like, 
this all, him doing all of that could essentially work out in his favor because now we see D and Mama Tina that is Julie are like, well, maybe we just keep him and get rid of J. Maya. Yeah. And I think that's really mass, like very, very great gameplay on D and Julie's part is, you know, that Sifu doesn't have the idol, presumably. Now, there was a little bit of confusion on my end. They seem to be a little nervous, but like you saw Austin and Drew find it. You're on the same beach that that idol was found at. You can kind of assume there's not going to be two idols on the same beach. That would be a little bit insane. But by keeping that information to yourselves and not sharing it with Jemaya, you instill so much fear in Jemaya about Sifu's idol that she's actually willing to go and kind of die on the sword for D. Uh, and so for D, I think that's great. And they do contemplate voting Jemaya out. But like you said, Bryce, Jemaya has shown nothing but loyalty to that squad so far to the point where she's willing to worsen her position with other players like Sifu. Um, I'm all for a big move, uh, but I just think sometimes like you just got to capitalize on your social capital and maximize those relationships. And when you have someone in the game willing to do that for you, like Jemaya is, I think that's a great person to have around. Right. I like D's willingness, though, to like keep all options on the mm-hmm. table. I like that. And um, I, I, I was trying to think, like, who did she tell that she voted? And I'm I'm just yeah. assuming or guessing that she might have told Julie, maybe. Potentially, but we, we didn't well, see it. She must have told Jemiah, too, because Jemiah said, if I do this, he'll, like, he'll think it's me. Right. She she told Jemiah. I don't think so. Do you think she would be willing to do that? If I think so. I think that was her whole point was to kind of like get the heat off of us because, yeah. But I think they probably told Jemiah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm Jemiah. Am I really going to do this if my own allies won't even tell me who voted for Sifu? Well, is there a world that if they did tell Jemiah, could Jemiah use this information to gain agency with Sifu? Maybe, Nobody but like at the same time, it's still it wouldn't make sense. It's still two two. <laughs> what you say, Wendell? I said, ain't nobody trying to work with seafood, and I don't know why. Yeah, and again, did somebody say? Did somebody say seafood? <laughs> uh, my last thing on this is like like we mentioned with uh, the whole like merge coming up. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense that Jemaya. I feel like Jemaya was is antsy to make moves. We see it later with her desire to get the amulet. Jemaya, this plan might not be terrible, but A, you don't know that Sifu has an idol. And B, save this plan for when you know you're going to go to tribal instead of now you've got to go to the merge with Sifu thinking you voted for him for no reason. He's probably going to tell everyone that that happened. And Jemaya is just going to be like, well, I, I I also feel like Jay Maya making this move, in my opinion, it seems like not a desperate move, but it seems like a move to show loyalty, right? And so I would only assume that Jay Maya can feel that she is not as close as D and Mama Julie, that is Mama Tina, right? So I feel like it's almost her trying to be like, I'm gonna ride this out for the team. We don't see it, but like it kind of just feels like that. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, should we hop on over on. to the Bellow tribe? Let's so, go. over on Bello, we've got first and foremost, Kendra finds a worm and tries to eat the worm mm-hmm. uh, and is unsuccessful in that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any. Would you guys eat a worm out on Survivor? Bryce would. I don't need to be on Survivor. And Kendra, give me a call. I can, I can show you and teach you some things. Uh. Wouldn't be the first. Never mind. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first. I'll need to be on Survivor. Never mind. <laughs> when I get off this podcast. Okay, Bryce, enough. <laughs> enough. I would not eat a worm on Survivor or in real life unless it was an eating challenge and it might still be difficult for me. Yep. Can we just talk about the greatness of Kendra? She's so great. She is so like, I love Kendra, right? Like, I think that she is the bright light in a tribe that you need. I almost feel like her, she reminds me a little bit of a Marianne, right? Like, just kind of like optimistic, fun, kind of like beats to her own drum. Like, sometimes the tribe is like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. I just, there is this spirit about Kendra that I absolutely love. And I think that, like, don't, confuse her love I, you know spirit that like I feel like she has fight in her and as we say yeah you say Kendra uh, I just 
I love everything about it. She kind of reminds me of a Nora Salmon from uh, Island of the Idols. That's a good comparison. I was I was getting um I was getting almost a, a more toned down version of Carolyn. But now that you say Nora, because Nora was like super quirky and kind of got the like uh, uh, almost a goofy edit. But she's she's very strong. And yeah. so I think that might be a more fitting uh, comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Kendra, she's and quirky, but she's like a strong player. And yeah. like until she got real game in her. For sure. And I love her multitude of like reactions, like <laughs> shaking her head, like confused. Uh, yeah. And she's she's. Got that balance. She, I think she's got some strategic chops, but she's also definitely uh, emotional and is very reactor reactory towards things and isn't afraid to like show on her face how she feels. But I think it's always great for the game. Um, I have a, a question for you, Jack. Mm-hmm. When did you play Pokemon? I do. I do. I did. I do. Uh, and I'm <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait what, what was your biggest Pokemon move? My biggest Pokemon move? Mm-hmm. That's not really like a, a thing. What was your rarest Pokemon you had? Um, I'll say... Uh, so in the, in the games on like the DS and stuff, mm-hmm. the shiny Pokemon are always like the rarest. Mm-hmm. And I do remember having a, a shiny Crocodile in Pokemon oh. Black and White. Uh, do you have any... Oh Pokemon, uh, what is it? Mera, Mera, I know the word. Para, paraphernalia, paraphernalia in LA with you. No, I, I, I do not. Uh, oh, I actually have some cards that, like, I had when growing up that I have just kind of in off to the side. But wait, off to the side, where? I, Jack, wait, wait, wait. I, I know, I Jack. I do, wait, 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 wait. Just wait, off wait. to the side. Wait. No, I don't. Yeah, no. It's I played in arms the, reach. It's in arms reach. They're framed <laughs> on the wall. They're all in arms reach. Jack. Jack. How can he say off to the side? Off and to he the didn't side. Oh, my God. You know what, Jack? Why you lying? <laughs> I got Hold on. I actually. Oh, and this is like when I was. It. These are from when I was younger. Oh, so. okay. So it came, it came from Connecticut to Chicago <laughs> to LA. They have value. You know, they went from Connecticut to... Hold on, hold on. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> what? I have Jack! some off to the yeah. side. And they're, and they're all rare, too. I only collect the rare ones. Oh, my God, Jack. Why are you lying? Jack, what? Let, show us one. Show us one of these cards. I mean, let's yeah. let's see. Let me, let me find one of the one of, one of my favorite ones. Hold on. Oh my god! I just like, had a hunch, Winkle. <laughs> I just had a hunch. Level X. Oh wait, is so, it? Is it in a, a card holder? It's in, no. I got these there. like these, but I just took it out. But funny story about this. I had a very good collection when I was probably you know like eleven or twelve. And I bought them on like a family trip and had them in my backpack. When we get home, my dad just throws my whole backpack in the wash. (laughs) And so he washed all my Pokemon cards. And I was really upset. I was like, even if you're watching anything, why would you just throw a whole bag in? And so to make up for it, my parents got me like a couple cards that I wanted because I was very sad. So how did you react? Did you cry? I was just. 
I was, he was turning up. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like. Did, did you cry? <laughs> I wasn't like f you, dad. <laughs> I was like, dad, why would you put the whole like this is our prized possession? <laughs> like, we did what you were you up the snap? Did you stop like, up the snap? I ran away from home for sure. <laughs> Uh, and now he has the most rare Pokemon. So okay, well, wait, because I my, my I, question is anything crazy, but I'm not like I still play a little like Pokemon. Go- no, I love I love a little Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. So wait, real quick though, what do you do with that, Jack? These ones I just collected when I was kids. So I just I mean, I you're just, like, how old are you now? And you still have them. okay. Well, some of them can be very valuable. So it, to to get rid when, of them would be when cool. is the last when when is the last time you've pulled that book out? Like, I, I don't think I've t- really touched it since I've been here in my new apartment. Jack, they were too they accessible. Were so close. Well, I have them, like, I have, like, a stack, sort of, like, a couple bedside tables right here, and I keep them in, like, in the store. It's, like, storage. And so they made the storage of your bedside table. Okay. Of okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand by. I also got Pokemon Go on the phone. I so mean, Jack, n- when they were talking about Pokemon on the show, you weren't you didn't pull your cards out and like bear like, oh I, I've got this. I got, I'm gonna DM this to, to Branto. I'm gonna send <laughs> no, this. No, I was to not, Brando. I was not. Um bringing it to New Orleans. I've never played competitive like Drew either, but I I do play a little I'm pulling up the Pokemon Go right now. I mean, let's see what we got cooking. Like let's see what you got. I mean, I got a shiny Blastoise. Oh wait, hold on, wait. Let's hold it. Let's let's Get into, get into short, shiny Blastoise. Blastoise. Oh, we got. I'm just showing the shiny. We got a shiny Obstagoon. Oh, oh Obstagoon. Look at his belly. Yeah, we got a shiny, uh, shiny Pseudo Wudo. Oh, so the shiny ones are the rare ones. Um, are those cherries? No, those are like a little, like kind of like acorns, I think. But let me find, I mean, my strongest one, if we're, if we're talking about it. I mean, we got like a ty- Tyranitar. Oh, we got Actress, Rhyperior. Oh, now anytime we get off subject and we sing in a song, Wendell, let's get back to the thing. <laughs> now, Jack, is- oh. <laughs> now Jack is into it. Now he's into yeah. it. Okay, off pod. It might just need I- to be. I might need to throw my friend code up real quick. Oh, I got an egg hatching. Oh, <laughs> wait, is it hatching? Yeah, it's hatching. Let's ah. see what we get. Oh. Oh, is this shiny? Oh. Nope. Wait, yeah, I think nope. I just got a shiny. That's actually nuts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That would be crazy to get a shiny on the pod. Is it a shiny? It's a shiny. Oh. oh. Damn. I'm going to hold it right quick. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah, about it. Yeah. And, and then you got to throw up your friend code. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I feel like... But we could start talking some... But, okay. Well, Jack, I, this is important. Jack, yeah, I feel like this important. is... Uh, oh. Do you want to see my buffs moment? Oh. Shiny... What is this? Arcanine? I think it's... Oh. I don't know which uh, type of Arcanine. That's that's a heater, though. Oh, oh. He, lo- he looks... Ferocious. <laughs> Add that to the dictionary. <laughs> Like Fr- a real okay. You need to throw up your friend code. Trying to find it. Trying to find it. All right. We got Franco, you. What is- oh, the video if you want to see it. 
What you know about a friend code? One seven three zero one three seven five. Username is Clean Bean Kids. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait. All right, wait. I'll show you my friend code. Psych, nah. <laughs> wait, which wait? What's your username, Jack? I mean, what's Clean, your name? Clean Bean Kids. <laughs> I think I think we got Jack's R and B name. Clean Bean well, Kids. My other my other name I use for like a. Uh, Fantasy is long dong <laughs> That sounds like what did they used to call Nick Foles? A big dick Nick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I, I'm I might have been on that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been chasing that Pokemon. Oh. <laughs> it's well, similar. Uh, it works like Pokemon Go too. It gives you a location. <laughs> Okay, can we please can, can we get oh, back Jimmy. to the driver, you idiots? All right, uh, man, y'all got something started. That <laughs> look at <laughs> look at look at how Jack is like. Talk about all my favorite I things. I can't wait to get offline. I've got to call my friends and let them know alive and cashed alive. Cash is shiny, man. Live on. that's a rare occurrence. Live on uh, the podcast. This one's going to get the most views. Jack's going to be sharing it. Brandon might want to have an alliance with me and Drew might not. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so, let's get into this. Um, okay, this episode, you know, I've been, a, I've supported Drew throughout the season and I know he's been catching a lot of flack this episode. So, I want to preface, like, Drew, if you hear this, I'm, I'm rooting for the comeback. <laughs> but I got to call a spade a spade and say I think Drew had a, Terrible episode. Uh, one of those situations where Brando went home, but I honestly think Brando played way better than Drew this episode. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just we kind of kick it off before the challenge. Anything here, we got Brando and Drew talking Pokemon. Uh, Brando is really enjoying Drew's company. You know, on paper, I think Drew and Brando, very similar guys. Like, if you look at the cast, you'd say those two guys probably would get along. Which I think is usually kind of what you look for in an ally is someone you can really get along with, share some interest with, can be friends with. Uh, and so Brando, you know, has a conversation with Drew and Emily, says, Hey, like, I really like you guys. Maybe we maybe we have a little nerd alliance. And Drew is basically like, I'm all right, I'm good. And I think that just, you know, for all the talk about how he's like the smartest player to ever play the game, Drew. When someone comes to you with an alliance like this, one answer. There's, the, yeah, there's basically one answer, and even though we know the answer is not no, you know, it could be. A lot of people have said, okay, maybe he was trying to appeal to Emily, show that he's a loyal guy. But I feel like those options would be like either be like, hey, Emily, what do you think about this? Or you agree, pull Emily off to the side later, and then be like, Emily, is this actually what we're? What do you want to do? Um. So it's, and I think, you know, agreeing to this, you put yourself in a pretty good spot where maybe if Brando feels good with you, he's willing to vote out a Kendra and you can move forward with a strong four. Now by rejecting his offer, Brando reunites with Kendra and they're anti-Drew. And so it's, it's just such a simple little decision tree that Drew has in this moment. I really, really think he just fumbles it hard. And to piggyback on that, like you in saying no, you're you're starting this person and you're you're sending him into the all right let's figure this thing out mode instead of 
agreeing somehow, some way to just keep him cool, even if you're still voting him out. Yep. I agree. I feel like in that situation, Drew was way too comfortable. I feel like he had had Emily, and so he felt like nothing else to do. He also was worried because Brando and Kendra, all of their original alliance is still there, and he felt like that's not great for me. Uh, but I say that should be great for you. You now have a end to the another tribe that's there. I feel like, in my opinion, again, sometimes you know, people say people are street smart, book smart. I feel like Drew is smart. He has it. But I feel like his Achilles heel is that like he's not willing to open up the circle of trust. And I feel like you need to have that circle open and conversations going at all times. Yeah. And I and it's one of those things, too. I think from what we've seen from Brando, he's not scurrying around throwing alliance offers out to everybody. You can imagine that he and Drew have spent a lot of time sitting in the shelter talking Pokemon, talking about other nerdy activities. One of the nerd mans. Have we ever had a nerd mans? Yeah. If if there was a guy out there from another tribe that I was now with on my team and we were talking about like Pokemon sports or Pokemon and just like broing down. And then he was like, hey, man, like, I really like you. Do you want to work together? And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Like, how does that make any sense? Like, And if how well Drew knows the game, like Brando said, well, if I'm not working with with you, you. what does that mean? Now, in Drew's defense, in Drew's defense, if my number one ally was Austin, I'd be rejected every other offer as well. I'm good. We good. See ya. But the, the thing is, I think in an ideal world, like Austin and Emily have been getting along. Obviously, Drew and Austin are a pair. Brandon's throwing, Brando's throwing this out. And I could very well see Austin and Brando becoming close allies. I mean, I think in some post-episode press, Austin mentioned he's a big Pokemon fan, too. And so if you could get Brando on board to potentially vote out a Kendra, not only is that easier for your game, but you can move forward together as a strong unit of people from multiple tribes that all kind of click. And it's like, we see later in the episode, Drew, not to get ahead of ourselves, but even at tribal, Drew is like, I'm not thinking about this vote. I'm thinking about the impending war between Reba and Bello and like, how do I best gear up for that? Bro, you almost go home this episode. You need to think about what's in front of you and then also just advertising that you're gearing up for this anti-Bello revolu- like, revolution, you're going to get to the merge. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, Drew does not mess with half of the people in the game. And it's like, yeah. that's an easy target, you know? What I will say is um, it's, it's easy as a first-time player to get comfortable. And when you have a lot of um, – except for you. Now, what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I mean by this is when you have a lot in your arsenal – and him and Austin right now are powerful as far as tools in their tool belt. And we've seen players get comfortable and get picked off. And I think in this case, he's like, yo, I got my number one ally. We got a lot of stuff. We are the wave right now. So I can even say no to you when a good player will, will find a way to, to keep keep with him despite being at the top of the hill because in survivor it's so easy to get knocked off of that perch 
So, and like you said, Jack, it's like he's drawing the line. And now anyone that's not original Reba can, you know, take shots at that throne. So, yeah, I, 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 I question that move. And like you said, it almost got him sent home. Do you think it is a matter of him being too comfortable in the position that he is in? Or is it a matter of he is jumping to step five and forgetting two, three, and four? It's, I think it's very much both. And I can relate to the latter thing. Like, even in Survivor games I play with you guys, I feel like I'm a guy who can see four steps ahead. But sometimes when you're looking four steps ahead, you forget about what's right in front of you. And you're trying to get all these dominoes to fall in the way that works out where I'm sure Drew sees maybe down the line. Okay. Reba versus Bella. We can do this move. We could use our idol, whatever. And then the numbers going to be this and that. And that's going to carry me to like final eight. But when you're thinking about that and you, you start to think like, okay, well to get there, I need to follow this roadmap. If you're so s- stuck on a certain path, you're going to miss those little, mm. if you're looking down the path, you're going to miss the little bump that's right in front of you. Um, so what I've learned from my limited survivor experience and just from watching is like you could be a great player who can see down the line but you need to be adaptable in the moment and be able to Uh, understand what's going on right now Um, yeah you can have an end goal and I think the problem is with a lot of people is you have that path of getting there but forget the path of getting there or how you get there as long as you get there and I also feel like I feel like Drew you should have seen enough survivor to know that there are cracks you could meet Katora and you could like, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many things and I feel like, yeah, but I I respect Drew because I love a loyal being, right? Like I love somebody that's going to stand 10 toes down with me. So it's like on that aspect, I get it. But also like Drew B. Why would you tell this man no? Like why wouldn't you just lie to him? I'd yeah. love to hear more from Drew. I'd yeah. love to hear more. Yeah, and I, and I see the perspective of like, maybe he's so locked in with Austin and Emily that he wants to show Emily, hey, I'm not even entertaining other options. Um, but again, like... But he can't be locked in because, I mean, Emily, after getting to meet well, Brando and Kendra, Drew, almost felt like well, they in, were a better fit. In Drew's mind, I think he's so locked in. But again, that's the thing, whether it's now on the swap trap or when they get to the merge, Drew is so, um, like, so opposing of any kind of fellow connections. And I feel like we see time and time again, especially in the modern day, when there does kind of boil down to this tribe versus tribe mentality, oftentimes the people that emerge successful are the ones who can kind of build those cross-tribal relationships without looking too suspicious. So what's the, time, what's the best time to do that is on your swap tribe before you're even at the merge make some inroads and some relationships and say, Hey, we might be on opposite sides at the merge, but we can cover each other a little bit. And now Drew's just got this rep, uh, this, uh, this identity for himself that he's going to be a guy who does not want Bellow around. And what's that going to tell the five other Bellows in the game is that Drew's kind of not going to work with us. Compare that game to a game of Caleb. I was about about to say, what would Caleb do? What would Caleb do? He right. would yeah. come on, Drew. Like, well, let's go knock on some doors and get some votes. Like, <laughs> I mean, Brando. Uh-huh. Um, but with all, we'll, we'll circle back on this. Uh, there's a lot more to unpack with 
this Bellow tribe after the immunity challenge. But before we get to that immunity challenge, let's bop over to Lulu. Um, and we get a lot of a lot of different little moments here, uh, kind of all in the same day. So I'm just going to run by all of them, and then you guys can tell me what stands out. Um, first and foremost, we got Jake fainting again, um, which is worrisome. But from the looks of it, it did look like it was a situation where he really did just stand up really fast. Uh, and when you're dehydrated and everything, that could cause you to pass out. I've actually passed out a lot in my life uh, from this like condition I have. So I, I can re- I can empathize with my man, Jake. Um, it's not easy, but oftentimes, hope, as long as there's not like a hidden issue, you, you'll feel a little funky for a couple hours and then you'll be all right. So I'm hoping Jake's OK. Just a, a note about that. Um, right before he passed out. Um, Bruce was helping him up. And oh. there was a little a little uh, fuss online, but we checked on Bruce's Twitter, I believe, or his Instagram Instagram story. So there was a point where someone said, Jake, get your lazy fat as up. And. Um, Bruce clarified that Bruce, when helping him up, he didn't say that a lot of people thought Bruce was saying, get your lazy fat behind up. But. Jake clarified it and said that Jake said that to himself while getting up, like, like telling himself to get up. So I didn't even notice it. And then when I saw Bruce's message, I went to, cause Bruce said, watch it again. And you know, when dad tell us to do something, I had to go watch it again. And Wendell and I are literally dissecting it. And at first I'm like, Bruce said it. And then Bruce said, watch it again. And they're both from from Boston. So they have that park the car, get y'all. So, when we watched it again, then we started dissecting it. And then it's like, but then why is, then I was like, well, why is Jake telling him? Thank you. Then we watched it again. And it is Jake. And he's saying thank you to Bruce. So thank you, Bruce, for clearing that up for us. Uh, yeah. But Don't go hating Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Bruce that said that. But beyond that, now, <laughs> now, and then we do get some, um, well, so first we see Katura get caught looking for an idol. Caleb kind of calls her out uh, and then says, oh, I was trying to give you a heads up. And I think whatever Caleb's intentions were, it played it off really well because Katura is actually like thankful. And she was like, OK, at least you tried to give me like a warning. First, of, that. first so, of all, Katura, OK, let me call my good girlfriend in here. The way she threw that stick took me out, girl, girl. What stick? A stick? A stick? First of all, like, the fact that, like, the dead giveaway is you in the tree, not you with the stick, girl. They was like, she was like, a stick? What's a stick? What's a stick? Her whole face is in the whole tree. Right. Katora, oh, oh. I had no stick. I was I was looking for papaya. I just I thought I imagined it, right? Because I just saw her throw it. Then when she got the confessional, was like, girl, I had to get rid of that idol stick. They was gonna catch me if I had that idol stick, they would have (laughs) knew. Then she's like, I was gonna go look for. Papaya. 
Right. That was almost worse than Drew when he got caught. It was the yeah. stick. I'm sorry. I just. But uh, I think Caleb, again, shows that he's able to kind of really play this off really well to benefit him in, in both senses. Um, and then we see from Caleb, he realizes that he's made a good bond with pretty much everyone except Kelly. And he also recognizes Kelly is kind of the center of this tribe. So he starts to really make an effort to c- collaborate with her, which I think is really smart from Caleb. Like not only do you want to maximize your relationships, you also want to pinpoint who the pivotal people are in your tribe and focus on those people. Uh, and we've seen Kelly has been in a great position the whole game. Uh, and so I just Where's think you know, nurse Kelly, nurse Kelly yeah. for common Jake down saying like, Hey, I'm a nurse stepping in. I love when people like their real life, professions kind of like just snap into place and like moments like this like you could immediately see nurse kelly soon as like he went down like she just went right over like was comforting and just doing what she needed to do um so shout out to kelly kelly's been been great um and then we see um bruce a a little bit of a sequence of rubbing people the wrong way um check check let me just tell you the more i see bruce the more i realize bruce is wendell wendell is bruce i mean they are and again i'm caleb i i listen i jack you've experienced it right we'll be at a setup wendell's like hey hey jack you put this in the bag put these in the bag jack put it in the bag hey no fold the paper like this jack do you put it away Jack's like, oh, I just try to get some coffee. Or Jack will be putting luggage in. I'm getting the luggage. I'm helping, doing my part. Here come Wendy's in the back of the car. Hurt, take that bag and take it out. I'm holding the bag. And then Wendell's like, get that bag. I'm holding another bag. And Wendell's like, yeah, put that bag right there. Look, I, I mean, I'm, I, I want to go so far to say that, but I don't. This, I, I see what no. you're saying, no. but no. the big difference is Bruce is doing this on Survivor, whereas haven't really seen Wendell. Not that I was there, but you got to know when you're on Survivor, you got to tone it back. What um, did I? Do? What did I do on Ghost Island, Jack? Tell me, man. No, I think that we saw it on Winners at War. Uh, <laughs> but sorry i keep cutting you no, off. Go ahead, go ahead. it's just the clips for me right like it's like couture's like you see you see how he acted and kayla's like yeah and then it's like the very next scene it was when caleb was cutting the coconut and bruce walked over and said hey 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 don't stop now don't <laughs> stop now get that bad boy open Caleb was like, I'll be, I'll be catch, trying to catch fish, scaling a, a coconut tree and doing this. And Bruce is trying to tell me to go get coconuts. Yeah, I was I wanted to recap quickly kind of all of the different said, moments that we stop saw. now. Get that sucker open. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, man? <laughs> like yeah, he's opening it for himself. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. You got it open. All right, give it here. Give it here, son. Give it here, son. Uh, uh. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh. Let me just go through every moment and we can kind of talk about the Bruce highlights uh, a little bit. Um, first, we got Katora saying, maybe we hold off on the papaya till after the challenge or whatever. Oh. He says, I think that might be the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Oh, oh but uh, no, 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 no. I meant it with love, baby. 
We love, baby. We love. We love. He did try to correct himself right after yeah. saying, oh, man. Okay. But fair, I feel like eating before the challenge. I do think eating before the challenge is a little more important than eating after the challenge, but 100%. not saying that you should tell someone that's the dumbest idea you ever heard. Then we got Bruce doesn't uh, mess with push presents. What, what the hell is a push present? Hey, 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 hey. In my time, everybody on, I bet everyone on that beach knows what a push present hey, is except hey, for him. Hey, in my time, in my day, the present was the, the damn baby be his old present. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get Bruce telling Caleb, you want to talk about it or you want to go do it? <laughs> Uh, and, and then Caleb and then, and then Katura comes up on Caleb and she's like, you want to talk about it or you want to go do it? <laughs> and, then, and then like you said, we get the coconut scene and then I think we get a great confessional from Caleb. Again, I, I, I've been speaking Caleb's praises this episode, but I think he deserves it where he's like, I, I want to I, I have to be able to bow my head to my enemies so that when I make a move on them, they don't see it coming at all. And I think that's a really, really good mentality from Caleb. Shows a lot of Modesty and humility, and I think right. that is a sign of a good player. Is Caleb gonna make a move or he's just gonna talk about it? It's like I just I love it though, right? Like it's like chaos, but I, I it's so entertaining. Um, because I feel like the clips that we got of Bruce doing all of that, that could be Six seconds, and it could be like a joke, but the way that they just put it into the montage, and then the way they had Caleb climbing the tree when they was like, Bruce asked me to climb a tree, gotta climb a tree, I gotta get to fit. Like, and like, yeah, it, it could have been over the multiple days that they were there, but they made it in those six seconds, and it was hilarious. I'm yeah. trying to see what the payoff is gonna be with this, the three of them now. Yeah, I, I love me some Bruce is an enigma, and I love me some Bruce, but I'm curious to see. Because it's one of those things, too, where um, if you're like a Caleb and Bruce almost looks at you like a nephew or a son, you know he's going to rock with you. But at the same time, at some point, it's going to get old with Bruce being like, you want to talk about it? You want to go do it? Um, You're only out there for another. uh, We're like day 10, 11. You're only out there. I can see Caleb. Being a cool, being a cool dude until they get Bruce out of there in that. Like, yeah. It, it will get annoying. And it's interesting, too, like, Jake's had this good connection with Bruce the whole time as Boston guys, and we've never seen Jake complain once, <laughs> which is kind of funny, too. Uh, for Jake, that's just, like, maybe normal Boston activity. Uh, Who do we have going further in the game between all three of them? Uh, Caleb, Caleb and Bruce. I think if I, I had to guess, I think Caleb outlasts Bruce, who outlasts Katura. But going back to last week when I was, I wouldn't say knocking on Katura in any way. I just felt like from what we saw, she was towards the bottom. I think this episode did help her position a little bit, especially going into a merge. The only thing I'll say about that is I think Caleb has a lot of power in this dynamic because he really knows how much they both dislike each other. Yeah. And I think Caleb, the thing too, is going into the the merge next week, he is kind of connected to everyone in the game to some extent. Like, He's also got Emily making good inroads with the Reba tribe. He's visited the Reba tribe. He's now cool with a lot of Bello, has his finger on the pulse of that. And coming from original Lulu, he's one of two Lulu. And so even though he's a visible threat, 
with this with this brewing battle between Reba and Bella, he's going to be able to really slide under the radar. For quite a Here's while. what worries me about Caleb, right? Um, we, I think Brando said it best, right? If you're not working with me, you're working against me. I do think there is something to knowing where your enemy stands, right? And I think what Caleb is doing a great job of, but will make it hard for himself if, like, I thought about it with him and Kelly. You want a relationship so bad with Kelly, so you give her this nugget, and, like, you have this relationship with everybody, so when someone turns on you, how will you be able to, like, I don't know, I just felt like, in my opinion, I would have, all right, Kelly not really rocking with me. I kind of like that. Like, I'm cool with people around her. I don't I don't know. I just feel like it just makes me nervous to get to emerge with Caleb because I love him. I want him to stay. But if everyone talks about him or his name comes up because he has some type of relationship with people, like, you don't think light bulbs will be like, well, boom. Yeah. So it's like if if everyone is cool with him, once they start comparing notes and but so so sometimes like a big, illuminated, handsome, tall, dark and handsome, strong, athletic brother can get eliminated at the merge. Sometimes that's a merge. Sometimes they're like, oh, he's too good. You know, we got to go for him at the merge. But let me make. Let me make this comparison. Um, I don't know if I agree with wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just finish this one real quick. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it happens at the merge, especially season 40, right? They see somebody so swaggy out there and they just like, you know what? We got to get him out of here. But in his case, because we have this brewing war of these two larger factions, I don't think all eyes will be on a two floaters like a Caleb and an Emily. Those two are going to go to one side while they decimate or start taking. They're going to slide to one side, start getting out the other people. They might flip back. Who knows? But the eyes won't be on him. That's all I'm trying to say. They They uh, are on him. What do they say about sibling relationships? Don't get involved because they crazy. They chaotic, but they will unite. Mm. And so I worry that like, yeah, Katora and Bruce might be, but, but, but I, they are not, I could see a world. I could like, again, and if it's Katora having to save herself, I don't know. I'm just throwing out scenarios, but I don't even know why I'm throwing out scenarios like this. Cause I don't want Caleb to go. I don't want Katora to go. And I don't want Bruce to go. And you know, you know, Katora is not going to work with Bruce. You, you, you never no. know. And they, they not united. She might for like a vote, but right. I, I is, I, well, but look, I, I think going to the merge, there is this narrative of like Bello Reba that's mostly been established by Drew. But we know there's cracks on both sides. So I think, you know, whether it's a Sifu or a Katora or a Bruce, I think there will be some mobility within those groups. But if that's sort of the framework, I do, I, I'd compare it to almost like a Survivor Philippines, Malcolm and Denise, where, where Caleb is like a Malcolm and Emily is like a Denise, where they've split off to these other tribes going into the merge. They've got good relationships across the board. And even though a Malcolm or a Caleb is a big threat on paper, there's more pressing issues between the other tribes, whether that's within their own tribe or against the other tribe, where they look at a Caleb or a Malcolm or a Denise or an Emily as an asset. And there's not really going to be a target because there's too many other shifting dynamics going on where even if you know Caleb's got good relationships with everybody, you're going to be like, well, I feel good with Caleb. So 
I'm not going to go out of my way to like put a target on them. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to final eight, seven, six, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this super athletic, you know, super connected person. I'll tell you that. Agree. Agree. They got a lot of eyes on them now. Um, Two I can think of. But. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Let's let's head into the immunity challenge. Um, In this challenge, there's like a big vertical wooden maze that you have to run through one at a time and collect keys from from different stations. Uh, You use those keys (laughs) to unlock a pole with a hook at the end in order to unravel this bag of sandbags or whatever. Uh, And then you have to load all those sandbags into a bucket. And then you got to use a slingshot to knock down. (laughs) Um, Nothing too crazy in this challenge. Uh, How can I, is there a way that you could, is there a way that I could volunteer to be a target? (laughs) I mean, if Austin's shooting uh, a shot, okay. But if you were a target, I don't think Austin's hitting you. <laughs> if I was a if I was a target, he would have hit it on the first try. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you were out there, they would have won the challenge. Not um, if Bryce Isaiah is out there. <laughs> but uh, things are pretty close as the the different tribes get to the original, like the unhooking phase. But Julia actually crushes that phase, giving Reba a good head start, um, and that advantage on the slingshot carries over Reba's able to secure a victory somebody said um, seafood <laughs> then we see um, Austin and the Bellow tribe struggling on the slingshot while Lulu's able to knock down a few targets Katura, Bruce, Caleb clutches it out at the end and sends Bellow to tribal council uh, and they also were playing for reward winning tribe gets about 10 fresh fish to bring back to camp and cook up Second place gets a respectable five fish. Um, that's like a fish per person. That's that's a pretty good meal, in my opinion. Um, and then I'm a meats guy myself. I think the most interesting part of the challenge is that Reba gets to send a person from each tribe on a journey. Um, Jemaya and I believe it's D rock paper scissors. Jemaya is able to go on the journey. Um, they picked Kelly from Lulu because she had to sit out and she didn't seem very happy about that. And then weird play here. They pick Austin from their own tribe. And Jamiah is like essentially saying, cause we trust him and we're hoping we can get some info from him. And Austin's like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not, doing that. Not but I'm like, Jemiah, like it should be survivor one Oh one. Like you shouldn't be saying that type of thing about, um, Especially with him about to go to tribal, <laughs> like like paper, rock, scissors. When the camera pans on Austin, he's like, "Oh, no, yeah, we ain't doing that." We he didn't want that. the camera to get him either. <laughs> like, no, hundred percent. Like, I just thought that was such a bad play by Jamiah. Um, and I think it's best to probably send someone from your old tribe because maybe Austin and Drew could be in trouble at this tribal. Why not set them up with an opportunity to maybe get an advantage if they need one? But just be like, oh, haven't seen the baby boy Austin in a minute. Just want to make sure he's doing okay. Like, make a little joke out of it. Say something nice. Don't be like, hoping Austin gives us some info about everybody else. <laughs> like, and, I really and, trust them. If y'all that, didn't know that they were united already. Right. Yeah. In that scenario, it would have been smart to pull someone like an Emily, right? To put a target... 
I still think it's smart to to get to send someone you trust because if they are in trouble, they can get they can take a last ditch effort to get something in their bag. See, but I, I would don't think it is. It like that. Yeah, I would want to keep my person that I know with the tribe to do whatever they can and to illuminate someone else that could potentially have something coming back. I think they got Drew back. Drew's there. And yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, it does illuminate whoever goes always on these trips, but um, you, I, I think you want to help your people. But that that's helping. I mean, I guess it is helping, but it also it could help. It could well, help. Say, say Austin and Drew, because you don't know the, dyna- the dynamic if you're a J Maya. Maybe you think, okay, Austin, Emily could be with the Blue Tribe. Maybe let's give Austin a chance to get something to make a, like a steal a vote or some type of thing like that. Because um, at, at, back at camp, like things are going to be moving, but when it's a five person tribe, everyone's going to need to check in with that last person when they get back, anyways. So I think it's like if I'm looking at, it, I'm going to be like, okay, Austin and Drew might be good with Emily already, and they'll be fine. Uh, why would we give someone else an opportunity to get an advantage? Or you might be like, oh, they're in trouble. Let's give them a chance to do something. Um, I think that's the logic. I just don't think you should be saying like, yeah, I'm hoping Austin gives us intel. Like that's that's just like a blatant, yeah. But before we get to the journey, we get a little bit of Bello back at camp with no Austin. Um, we see them kind of go for that respectful scramble where they're kind of breaking off into pairs. Uh, and Brando, first conversation with Drew, offers him a shot in the dark and says, hey, uh, you know, I, I get that Emily's probably with you guys. I just asked that, you know, if it, I'll give you my shot in the dark. Please make it Kendra and hopefully we can work together, which I think is a reasonable pitch from uh, Brando. Uh, but Drew respectfully declines, which in a way seemed reasonable. He was like, oh, you don't, don't even worry about the shot in the dark, which if I was Brando, I'd be like, okay, like maybe we're already good. Like he doesn't want to take my shot in the dark. Thing is, in the pairing offs after this, um, Drew tells Emily that Brando came to him with this plan and Emily thinks it's a little bit fishy. Like, why would Brando turn on his own ally? Which I actually think is reasonable. Especially this coming from talking with Kendra. Yeah, and she fact checks with Brando, who says, like, no, Drew threw that plan to me. And so even though Drew's telling the truth, Emily is like, why would Brando throw his own ally? But the thing was, it was interesting. It was one of those scenarios where I didn't think Brando kind of putting that target on Drew was necessarily a bad thing. But I think when it boils down to it, maybe just saying like, you know what? I did say that because I wanted to throw him off the scent, but obviously it's going to be me, me, you and Kendra, if you're still down. Like I was like, of course I told Drew that like, I'd rather he doesn't vote for me. But um, so I don't know. Uh, It sounds like Jack, it sounds like um, almost like Brando's plan was, all right, if if someone comes and facts checks, I'm just going to say it was Drew, but maybe a better plan would have just been to, own it and say, oh yeah, that's me just me throwing off the set. Yeah, I, I think I think that's very valid. Um I don't know how Kendra would have received that. I yeah, I'm not mad at it because I feel like Brando understands that in this game we could be close, but if it's you or me, I'm gonna do what I need to do to save myself. I uh, I think what confuses me so much about Drew in this instance is like so you only have alliances that you know, like so you're like I, like what's wrong with a little sock? Like I I just 
am so confused yeah, exactly. by Drew's that, that, reluctantness that, that, to... Well, that goes back to Drew's original rejection of his offer because now this could be a scenario where Brando's like, you know what, there's a chance Emily does go with Austin and Drew. Let me just hop in with them and, and make it Kendra because I have this little thing going on with them. Um, and I do wonder, you know, in this scenario as well, Drew rejects Brando's shot in the dark. If Drew takes the shot in the dark, I think that gives him a lot, his, his word a lot more credence here where he's like, this is Brando's plan. He actually gave me his shot in the dark. And so, if, and then Brando goes to Emily, he's either, he either doesn't have, his word does either doesn't have as much weight. Cause it's like, well, why did you give away your shot in the dark? Or he might have to go extreme and be like, yeah, Drew said, if I gave him a shot in the dark, that he'd save me, um, <laughs> which would, which would, you know, could open up a whole different can of worms, but it would, it would have been interesting. Maybe that's sort of a reason to take a shot in the dark. Cause I do think if someone's offering me their shot in the dark, a lot of times I'm going to be like, don't worry about it. Like we're good. Cause that, I feel like that makes you come across as more trustworthy, but if you have their shot in the dark, you can be like, that's a, that's a verified item. Is you going to be like, you know, they gave me their shot in the dark cause they're trying to do something with us. So, um, yeah, what that's happens what if someone gives away the shot in the dark and you, you give it away like, or you throw it in the ocean or something. Yeah. I don't know. I lost it. Whoopsies. <laughs> you're going to go find it. You're going to go talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And it, that kind of brings back our question of like the having multiple shot in the darks. Um, but we'll see, you know, we can theorize about that as much as we want. Hopefully we'll see it. come Could there point. be a world that Drew doesn't want to work with Brando because Drew sees how smart Brando is and that like he does, like, could you see that? Because I all of the things that Brando is doing makes sense. And I just wonder if Drew was like, this is what I would do. I don't know if I want to like go against someone like this. I, but maybe that's part of the logic and like this or that. But I think especially this early in the game, like if someone's coming to you, I just think you want to work with them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Drew had his logic, but I don't know if it's necessarily good logic. Yeah. Can we let's talk about these amulets? Yeah. Let's so let's pop over to the journey. Um, they go on a quick hike or whatever, and then they're uh, presented with a dilemma. They could each opt to get a sandwich. Um, but also bear in mind what's up? I said or an amlich. <laughs> yeah. The, the Sammy or the Ammy. And, uh, but bear in mind also the before we dive into the whole dilemma with the ambulance, I do want to say, given that the girls both have fish back at camp, was a sandwich the best they could do? I mean, if I'm the I don't know who decides what the food reward's gonna be. Give them a steak and then just do some cliche thing. Be like, the steaks are high. Like, <laughs> and just make it like a whole. But also, if you're like, oh, a steak dinner, like that's yeah. tempting. But it's like a ham sandwich. I could be real hungry and be like a ham sandwich. Like, like that's, that's the best you got. <laughs> um, but so the ambulance uh, pose a very complex dilemma. Um, just to recap, if they take the ambulance. They each get an amulet. Uh, they have to be used all together. And so if they're all three used together, they could be used as an extra vote. If there's two of them, it could be a steal a vote. And if there's one, it's a full-blown idol. Uh, and in order for them to pick either the sandwiches or the amulets, you have to have that majority vote. Uh, just to break down sort of the initial thought processes of the, the main players before we discuss where we think about it, um, Jemiah. As we've seen, kind of anxious to play, 
wants the amulet, feels like it could help her game, which I think is reasonable as J. Maya. She doesn't have a lot of tools in the game. She doesn't have a lot of different allies. She's been with the Reba people the whole time. Uh, and her position with the Reba people is a little unknown. So maybe getting a tool could help you out. Austin, I think, brilliantly diagnoses that this is more of a curse than a blessing because not only are these people like people that he has no relationship with Kelly, doesn't have a great relationship with J. Maya, and so he realizes what situation is going to come along where we can all three agree on an extra vote or we can, us two agree on a steal vote, realizes that this is just going to be an added target for people because you, you're going to want to get someone out that has one of these amulets. It might not be a pressing issue, but it's going to be in the back of your mind that if I can get this person out, if I have that chance, it's going to help my game. And Austin, being a physical guy, being a guy who already has some tools in the game, realizes that this is actually a terrible move for him. Uh, and then Kelly is sort of torn in the middle. Uh, but before we get into what happens, what do you guys think about this dilemma, I guess, from each player's perspective or from your perspective, if you're on this journey? From a viewer's perspective, after seeing amulets before, I don't want no parts. I think Austin did a tremendous job at explaining his uh, his rationale, but also a great job at. Deferring. Cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, cause in the confessional, he say how much he don't want it. But when they say it, he's like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was going to hop to that too, where once Austin kind of realizes that momentum is going the other way, he, instead of being a contrarian and arguing against it, he says, you know what? Yeah. It's an opportunity to really work with you guys, this and that. And we know he doesn't like it, but that's the smart thing to do is just kind of accept the way it's going and hop on board. And shout out to Austin for that. Like the man is smart. He's a great game yeah. player and he's uh yeah, he's he's playing the game and he's I got thought, a lot of tools. I thought Austin killed this episode. And, and what we see happen with this decision is that Kelly ends up kind of leaning towards the amulet. And uh as much as I think Kelly's been crushed, I think this is a fine move. But in my mind, actually, if I'm Kelly, I'm gonna say hey, I'm here with two Reba people, and this is a that seem to be cool with each other, you know, given that J. Maya even just said. You know, let's maybe can I, I can get some information from Austin. Um, if I'm Kelly and I acknowledge the fact that these might be a target on ourselves, and I'm one of um, and I'm one of the three in a group of two people that have been on a tribe together. If people start targeting people with the amulets, I might be the odd one out. And so I think for Kelly, it might actually just make more sense to go for the sandwich. But I can't knock the fact that she wants a couple other tools in her arsenal. Uh, and maybe sees it as an opportunity to make inroads with with some people. I felt like the only redeeming factor of Drew this episode was when Austin got back and it was like, yeah, there's an amulet and it's connected with them. And Drew was like, oh, so basically we got to get them out. <laughs> and uh, Austin yeah. was like, yeah, I was like, okay, you understand when Austin tell you what's going on. Uh, but-, but at the same time, like, not, and we'll, we'll jump back to this, the journey in a sec, but with Drew saying that, uh, did he correctly diagnose sort of Austin's interpretation of the situation? Yes. But what if Austin had been on the journey and been like, you know what, guys, I really like you. Let's get these ambulances. We can all work together and like really meant it. And Drew, Drew's like, oh, so we got to get them out. Austin would be like, no, like <laughs> these are some friends. Like, right. And that just shows how much Drew is kind of against everyone but his own people. Right. Which, as his people, you love to see. Right. But as for Drew's position in the game, 
not good. But back to the journey right quick before we, yeah, when, what's up? I was just going to say, in that case, I'd almost think Austin would be like, yes. Even if Austin went on the jury and decided like, all right, I'm going to make these inroads with these people and we're going to be these this sleepers that that come alive quarter four or whatever. Um, I think he'd come back. And if Drew said that, he'd be like, yeah. I think he's just like, I think he's a solid player. I like, well, I think Austin would agree with him regardless, like you're saying. But if Austin did have that plan, maybe to work with them, it sets, it's a little bit of an alarm when your allies like, oh, we got to get him out then immediately. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? True. Um, but just to wrap up the journey, it, it, I did, there was a couple of funny confessionals at the end where Jay Maya was like, this is my best day <laughs> in the game so far. And then Austin's like, this is, has to be my worst day <laughs> in the game. And then, Austin is on, he's kind of like, I don't know if he said it verbatim, but he's like, I'm going to get vengeance for my sandwich. Like, so I'm, yes. I'm excited to see Austin's uh, sandwich vengeance revenge tour. What do you think they would have done if when Austin was walking back, he just took a bite of the sandwich? <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun to watch. That would have been funny. Because like, yeah. is there a way that they, they could have been like, oh, you took a bite. You can't get to it. Like, I mean, that could have been. The- they wouldn't have done that. Uh, they would have had too much content. Of them getting the amulet, so I think they would have edited that. I don't know. I imagine that the cameraman would, would uh, with a producer, would ever be. Like, he, Austin goes, eat the, the producer's like, no, Austin, don't. And Austin's already got a bite. He's like, staring <laughs> right in the face. Yeah, ain't nothing gonna stop from this sandwich. Yeah. he's like, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> absolutely, let them walk ahead of him. Yeah, yeah I would have taken a bite. That is that's some survi- that's a survivor tech. That's a survivor move right there. He even tells the cameraman, he's like, oh my god, look up what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean what what could they really do? But um so now we're back at camp and uh you know Austin comes in with this lie that everyone seems to believe, but he does tell Drew the truth and then kind of discusses with Drew, who Drew tells Austin. Maybe we don't have Emily. And so Austin goes and also shares the truth with Emily. Um, and to make it short and sweet, like, I really think, uh, you know, we, we see Emily and Drew have a conversation where Drew is kind of really denying the fact that this was his plan about. So, and, and Emily's kind of trying to feel him out, interrogate him a little bit. But I really think that the what sealed the deal and, and kind of saved the day for Drew potentially was Austin not only sharing this information with Emily, which I think was a great move, but just Austin's bond with Emily. I think they genuinely trust each other. And so for Emily, she might be a little bit suspect about, you know, uh, a brand, a uh, Brando, a little bit suspect about a Drew, but she's like, my, my, my number one here in this group is probably Austin. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him. And I, I want to give Austin his flowers. Cause I, I really think uh, that he, you know, he showed in the episodes leading up to this, that, He's a physical competitor and a social guy, but I think really this episode, he was always on the pulse of the strategy, uh, which I love to see. And, and I think he was sort of the MVP of the episode, being able to win Emily back over to their side. What do they call it in Pokemon Jack when like two Pokemons come together and like a battle or like, or like they like, can they morph into one or like, do they ever like evolve into like a they, they evolve? Yeah. Because I, the more I think about it, right. I is Austin and Caleb like they're such a similar player. Like, can you imagine if we get to the? <laughs> you know, Bryce, I, I don't want you to imagine anything. Okay. Okay. Could you imagine yourself in a room? Jesus. 
The no. doors are locked. No. And I am the amulet. <laughs> no. No, but like, could you imagine if Austin and Caleb joined forces? Right? Oh, like scary, scary combo. Oh. It's like a mat and jag almost. <laughs> well, I mean, well, true. But um, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, they're two of my favorites right now, so it would be great to see them. And uh, you know, in this in this season, there's not a ton of super physical players, so I think just from a standpoint of having a shield, them working with each other. Uh, well, I mean, I think them. there are actually a lot of physical players. Uh, I mean, who else would you say on paper is that sort of Caleb and Austin's level in the challenges? Uh, Kelly, I think Bruce. Kelly. I think D, like, let's not forget the women here, Jack. There are very strong women out there. There are some strong women. I think a lot of the post-merge immunity challenge will cater well to to, to women. There's a lot of balance challenges and things like that. But just not even me personally, but just that general general survivor perception of like, because nowadays the the post-merge challenges aren't even that much catered to like that alpha male. But when you just look at the cast, it's like, Caleb and Austin are the dudes who are who are going to be I agile. Mean, yeah, they look physical, they're, but they're not just that physical. It's still it's still some other physical people out there. Look, I'm not saying there's not other competitors, but we see in I mean, like just generally, we see in past seasons. Like, sh- sure, is the strongest guy like going to win every challenge? No, but there's still that perception, that age old perception, for, even from the early seasons, where it's like if you've got a big boy out there who's strong, that's something that's scary. Like, uh, it's just. Uh, it ain't nothing so I, you should be scared of. It's like the Jeremy Collins meat shield strategy. Like, did they, did they win all the immunities? No, but is it good to have some some brawn in front of some some meat in front of you? <laughs> I think Jack, you can agree with that. So, um, I can't. I can't really. No, Bryce. Yeah, not to have some meat in front of you. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with a little meat, but um. With, so yeah, hopefully those two link up. Uh, and yeah, before we get into before we get into tribal, does uh, you guys have any anything else regarding this pre-vote discussion? All right, so we'll kick it into tribal. Um, again, the the thing that really stood out to me about this tribal was how much Drew harped on. Like we talked about it a little bit earlier, I'm not thinking about this vote. I'm thinking about the battle. That's going to occur at the merge. Just not, just not, even if you're thinking it, not something I would say. Um, it also strikes me as a little bit cocky, right? Because if you're at a vote and you're like, oh, I'm not even worried about this vote. I'm thinking about down the line, I'm going to be like, damn, man. Um, other than that, nothing too, too crazy that stood out. But we do see at the, um, and, Part of me was wondering because you know we have we have Drew with the safety without power. We have Austin with an idol that can be played this tribal if he chooses not to extend it. They opt to do neither of those things. Um, Austin plays his he extends the life of his idol, but then plays his goodwill advantage to re- to retain his vote. Um, at first, I was a little nervous about this. I was like, maybe you just maybe you two just play your tools right now. Um, but what I actually you know, I'm a little, I was a little nervous for Drew, but here with Austin, I think it's the right move because I think Austin can feel pretty comfortable that even if Emily does flip on them, it's going to be a Drew vote. And so why not extend the life of your idol if you can? Um, because 
it, say it is Drew, and now you're on the bottom. Next time you still have an idol. So it, it's uh, as long as Austin feels like he's not going home, this is the time to extend the idol and um, use the goodwill advantage. Although I do think the idol that he extended is now going to expire at the next vote, the next vote, the merge vote, but he'll have the opportunity to extend it again. And then obviously sacrificing your vote at the final 13 is a little bit easier because it's not as big. Like if you're in like a nine to four majority, you can kind of do that. No question. Um, Emily go and question it though, but you know, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, and so we see Brando get Emily sides with Drew and Austin uh, and Brando gets voted out three to two. Um, what are the thoughts on that? I, for me, it's tough because I think he maneuvered this episode a lot better than Drew. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And I think that's why there's so much credit to Austin for being able to keep Emily on side. Because I think if it wasn't for Austin, Drew probably goes home. Is there a world that, because I, I love Brando, you know, shout out to Brando, my shirt. If Brando didn't campaign that hard. Do you feel like it? they would have naturally went to Kendra? Do you feel like they would have been able to retain Emily? Like, what is your thought? So a couple, an interesting thing that I, I read about a little bit after the episode is, I don't know if you guys remember back in episode one, uh, when Bello won immunity, they actually got to send someone over to the other tribe for some reconnaissance. And apparently Kendra was the one who went over and did that. And I guess she and Kendra actually kind of clicked, or sorry, Kendra and Emily clicked pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Kendra actually did have a pretty decent relationship with Emily, who I'm guessing Emily as the swing vote probably wanted to steer it more towards Brando. Mm. Uh, Another interesting piece of information. I know what you're about to say. Bryce, I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, apparently at the swap, Brando found a advantage like hidden in his buff and he didn't open it. You know, I, I think as most people would do, you find a parchment in your buff, you're going to stuff it in your pocket, read it when you're back at camp. They pull him aside back at camp and uh, they take the advantage from them and say, and before it's, you uh, can read it. yeah, before you can even read it. So production, you know, I think, presumably, yeah. And my, my assumption here, and he talked a little bit about this, I think it was supposed to be something that was read at the swap because I'm guessing it was probably like a, you could switch yourself to another tribe or maybe you could switch to other people, flip their tribes. Um, but I think if, if that's the case, definitely dropping of the ball by production, because if I see a parchment, I'm, I'm hiding it. It, it should be, it should either say like read right now on it, or maybe at the end, Jeff should be like, Hey, one last thing. One of you guys got an advantage in your buff. If you have that, go ahead and read it now because that's the only time you'll be able to use it. So kind of a misstep there. And it would have been interesting to see what would have happened and what it was. Um, and it probably really could have saved Brando because he either could have switched his, himself to the tribe he'd be in the best position on. Or I think more likely, maybe you switch to other people. He said he would have probably swapped Kelly with um Drew, and in that case, he, Kelly, and Kendra would have had the majority on this tribe. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting situation. But uh, I don't know what, you, what are your thoughts on that, and then I guess also thoughts on if this is the right move for Emily to pick this side. I reluctantly think that 
it is the right move for Emily just because I feel like she is Austin. I'm going to go with Austin. I'm going to go where I need to go. Uh, I do think she she might have picked the right side. Um, but I do feel like Emily is going to get to a point where these ain't going to be your only people. I feel like Emily is going to do some moving and some shaking. Yep. And I feel like at this point, Emily don't need to be at step seven. She need to be at step three. And step three is to be here. And she is. Uh, with that whole idol thing, I don't love production stepping in like that. Like, I find that very problematic. Well, yeah. Bryce, if, if it was something that was intended to be read right then and there, then, you know, he gets to camp and wants to read it. And it's like, sorry, bro. We already, like, yeah. I feel like, like it's best that what? they get it from him before he can even read it. They have to take it, but the, the the issue definitely lies in the fact that they didn't really make it obvious that he was supposed to read it. Right. right? I think 99 out of 100 Survivor players find a, a parchment at the swap. Yeah, be like, oh, yeah. Yo, guys, I found this. So that's, I mean, hopefully, I, I feel like that's a, a mistake. Hopefully, production only makes once. Um, yeah, they learn from it, whatever it was. This yeah. reminds me of uh, Chris Noble at our merge. When we sat down at our merge feast and got our buffs, Chris found something in his buff. And um, I think it was like an idol or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and it was like, oh, that's 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 coincidental that Chris Noble gets an idol. Well, when me and Dom were like trying to get this guy out for so long. But uh, Chris didn't use his idol. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty terrible. Um uh, the other thing I wanted to to bring up real quick, just about Emily's decision here, um, I saw a lot of conversation about, you know, gearing up for this merge is basically this is Emily picking kind of Bello or Reba. Um, and some people think, you know, Caleb's on a tribe with all Bello. Maybe you side with Bello. That way you and Caleb know you could probably be in good with uh, Bello. But I think a few things in my opinion is, hey, like you said, Bryce, if Austin's your guy, like, you know, at the merge, things are going to fluctuate. Keep the people that you're closest with step three instead of step seven right that group good and then another thing i saw someone mention that uh i found interesting was i think it was on like rob mentioned this to steven on their podcast was that maybe emily was thinking because of her day one uh criticism of bruce maybe she was worried that the bellow tribe wouldn't be as open to working with her and so that could kick her towards reba a little bit um which it's funny to think back to that first moment on the boat and we kind of had a completely different Emily but as far as some of the other people know that might be the same Emily and so they might not want to work with her so yeah and so long ago was what 10 days ago right (laughs) um yeah I didn't I didn't have anything so yeah we got the merge coming up uh kind of wish we had maybe one more episode before the merge is Cause y'all know I don't watch the previews. I always cut the previews off because I just like to start a fresh episode. So is the merge next episode? Yeah, but it might be like a mergatory situation. Uh, uh, they didn't really clue us into that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe we get together and do some pre-merge, some some power rankings before the next episode if you guys want. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I think this is it's going to be chaotic, and then obviously I'll be at the uh, RHAP live next Wednesday out in LA. Uh, if any of the posse is going to be there. I'd love to talk to you guys, but I'm very excited to watch this this merge episode uh, live with all of the watch live. Dang. If yeah. you see Jack, ask him about his Pokemon. 
Shoot. I'll bring, I'll bring my collection. <laughs> I might need to look up flights. I keep my bag. I keep them in my bag. We got the Big Brother RHAP live on Thursday. So Ooh. is it the finale for Big Brother? Yeah. No, no, no. That's the following. No, that's, that's, following. that's on next Thursday. Uh, and uh, Oz is throwing that finale party. I'll be there, too. I'll also be at the Lip Sync Battle. So if anyone's in uh, L.A., uh, check out all this. Uh, Jack, do you have your Jack, as a matter of fact, I need to talk to you about this Lip Sync Battle, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up? I watched the original lip sync battle okay let me tell you about these big brothers okay about the survivors do you know how ta- let me tell you about these big brothers do you know how talented they are do you we're know what we're gonna be but we're gonna bring our best effort practice it's- yo jack you gotta come correct brother thing is i'm, I'm ready to come correct but some of the the team still you know work in progress but we're gonna do a little bit of rehearsing we got our songs figured out um I, I can tell you after the episode, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but uh, definitely trying to get a little cool. Be 90s R&B. Who knows, <laughs> who knows if we'll win? You know, it's, our first, it's the team circle's first go at it, but uh, we're going to give it our best effort, raise some money for Hearts of Reality and give kids the world. Beautiful. Uh, and, but, you know, all these events going on, but just make sure, guys, you're out of Bryson when presents this season if you're uh, able to. So Philadelphia, New Orleans, L.A., hey. got to be there. <laughs> We love it. Well, listen, Jack's got some practicing to do. If and if Jack comes out as Jodeci, tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me if ain't good enough or you ain't. I would die. I would die. Uh, yes, but, did you see how that TikTok I sent you? I did. He would know all the moves. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm trying to get like that. You you should be. Well, we appreciate you, Jack Wendell. This has been your Survivor News covering Survivor Season 45, Episode 5. Catch us next week or maybe a little bit early. We're out. We'll see you next week. Bye. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.